Hi guys and welcome to this week's episode of the In The Hub podcast, brought to you by Playbox Technology UK. Today, I'll be speaking with Roy Callow, Technical Manager and Company Director of Nuttree Media. Roy's had an incredible 20 years of working in the broadcasting industry, specialising in technical consultancy, management and planning for some of the world's most exciting television productions. Hope you enjoy. So welcome to the In The Hub podcast, Roy. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, uh, getting through um, getting through the, the year of lockdown as it has been and then uh, looking forward to getting back to some sort of normality, whatever that may be in the future. Oh, no, I know, I completely agree with that. I think, yeah, we could, you know, the end is in sight, basically, isn't there? There's light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, there's there's been a lot of uh, a lot of learning processes within our industry, and um, it's uh, it's sort of emphasised uh, more more things like remote production um, as we as we move forward. Um, so it, it's been a good learning curve for everybody, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully now we can we can start to move forward, as you say, and and sort of make it part of our day to day life. Um, but with the ability to be, actually be able to socialise again. Yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get stuck into a lot more of that and, and how COVID has affected our industry. Um, so if we're all good to go ahead then, Roy, I think we'll just get stuck into the questions. Absolutely, yep. Awesome. So Roy, before we start on the kind of main bulk of the questions, uh, for anyone who might not already know, could you just fill us in on how you got started in the broadcasting industry? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I was always interested in film and TV um, from yeah from a school age. Uh, for for some reason, it just, just I just was yeah. very yeah it just clicked. I was I was very interested, um, and my education path as I left school, I, I went straight into uh, Bromley Technical College, um, which had a, a sort of a, an outline. It was an engineering course, but it was an outline sort of a lead into um, broadcast engineering, um, and within that. Uh, that space we we actually did day release at Ravensbourne College, um, which obviously then got me moving in towards Ravensbourne College. Uh, and prior to Ravensbourne offering degree level courses, I, I went on to do the, the HND and looked at my um, looked at my future ahead and and had a, a large interest in the outside broadcast space. And uh, that's where I I ended up. So yeah, it's, it's kind of always been at the forefront of your mind. Then was there, you know, any other careers that you thought about going into, or was it always going to be, you know, media? It was always. I mean, media was um, obviously when I started out in industry. Um, it, it was uh, it was very much, yeah, it was very much engineering broadcast and operational broadcast, and and um, you know, obviously the creativity and uh, the the thought of obviously all. all all singing and all dancing one one person doing the, the lot was um was yeah just not out there at the time um so yeah i mean i, I had a, a very my, my interest was more in the, the creative side but once i got into the engineering side of things i, I was um uh, i was very much more interested in that and i think it sort of stemmed from um my, my parents and uh, my older brother they, they was all in the engineering um uh, across different sectors none of them in the broadcast sector um, and I've always been quite interested in, in tech, so uh, that that was that was kind of leading me in that direction. I think the only other the only other thing I was interested in at the time, but as a you know as a, a school child, um, you, you don't sort of realise the implications. And that was air traffic control for some reason, which I, I <laughs> still escapes me to this day. So um, you know, it's almost like the the step away from being a pilot, isn't it? Basically, absolutely. So I know we, we briefly talked about COVID and its impact on, on our industry um, in particular. So what has the last year looked like for productions in the UK and abroad for you? 
Um, it's been abroad has very much been non-existent. Um, obviously, I've been involved over the, the last few years uh, with um, with ITV in particular, but several other production companies in uh, large scale reality format shows. Um, obviously, most of those were put on hold as, as soon as uh, the, the, the COVID times came along. Um, we we had uh, lots of you know lots of different elements to look at, um, and there was a few shows that obviously could make it in the UK, um, and that's effectively um, where my my work migrated. So from spending most of my year out out the country traveling globally, I was uh, obviously looking back into productions in the UK, um, working in a very careful, sanitized state. Um, I, I did actually come home uh, just before all the lockdowns started. So as, as COVID started becoming a reality at the beginning of, of last year, um, 2020, uh, I was actually working out in, in South Africa um, and there was a, a, a small uh, kind of virus outbreak there, um, you know, just a, a, a sort of a neurovirus type um, outbreak so we, we was very careful um out there anyway and we, we was very sort of measured um having the the sanitize sanitizing your hands um almost all the time and um you know not not having sort of um social contact as such so um it, it wasn't new to us we, we arrived home and everybody was talking about social distancing and sanitizing and washing your hands and and this at the other and we'd, we'd been doing that for uh, pretty much the start of that year anyway so from from the january we'd, we'd been working yeah. on that yeah it's yeah like you said it was it was i'm happy that you were able to obviously come home before it all kicked off um and there wasn't any like, scrambling about trying to finish off productions you know before travel bans and stuff like that absolutely i think my family were very happy about that as well <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine um and, i mean and uh obviously uh, with the, the the year the previous year I, I was obviously quite lucky there was um uh, a team of professionals um that i, I work with regularly uh, a lot of colleagues and then they, they could you know they could foresee the production so yeah we, we started started early on looking at uh, ways and means around of, of being able to get content to air um during lockdown times so uh, if we just track back to 2018 roy and i know it's well it feels like a decade ago basically so obviously you've done quite a lot of work with with the Armour Celebrity kind of programming um, and obviously the the offshoot that's based out in Australia. Um, and I, I read upon a kind of news article, a news story um, from out there about uh, 10 of the cameras on that production blacking out um, over the course of a few days. And then, of course, as, as I was kind of reading down, um, you fi- find out it was a, a porcupine that had, had chewed through cables or something like that. Um, and I just kind of wanted to spin that and... and ask you you know what's your immediate reaction when things go technically wrong you know how do you stay composed in these kind of situations well i think firstly i'm, I'm amazed you you found that story that's uh <laughs> that, that was a, research, right? it seems like a long long time ago that that 2018 um yeah i mean effectively uh the the australian um uh network 10 um uh, took took the i'm a celebrity format and and have run with it uh, since uh, 2015, I think it is, um, uh, in in a South African environment, um, which I was involved at the beginning of of obviously the um, the, the technical and and what the whole show set up really. Uh, this particular um, incident, it was it was quite late at night. 
I'd finished my shift. I, I was normally on the morning shift, which was obviously TX back in Australia. Uh, so to get a call to say that there was 10 cameras down and obviously that there, there was uh, quite a panic within the um, uh, the engineering team to try and work out what the problem was. Yeah, we, we quickly, the, the the guys within the team ascertained that it, it had to be a fiber um, because of the, the, the sources that had, that had gone down. Luckily, obviously, always insist upon um, resilience, redundancy, and and spares. So that's exactly why you, you do that that process. So it it was it was quite a um, uh, quite a stressful process for around about an hour, hour and a half. But people got it quite quite quickly up and running. Um, it took about two days actually to find where the cable was broke and. Uh, <laughs> And another day of of the uh, the local rangers with their their little animal cameras, you know the, the IR cameras and things, and we we found that the, the porcupine had kept going back to uh, actually chew through the root of, of a tree. Um, it, apparently, it's their favourite food, and the, the cable just happened to be running past it. So it was it, there was no it wasn't malicious from the porcupine's point of view. He, he was just looking for a nice um, nice meal, and just the cable just happened to be in the way. So yeah. Um, when when things like that do go technically wrong, obviously you do have to keep a a, a cool head um, in the in the sort of senior management position. You you have to be the person that can, um, if you like, keep the production steer steer the steer the ship. So yes, the, yeah. the the engineers are there to to do their job, um, and the the editorial, the creatives, the directors that they're all there to do their job, and and you're there to ensure that whilst they're getting as much information as possible they are not putting too much pressure on the technical team that are trying in the background to m- make sure that 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 ship is still um running smoothly uh, i like to my, my role i like to kind of if you like compare with a swan so you know on, on the surface you're, you're you're nice and elegant and just floating along and everything is fine and it, it, underneath sometimes you might be paddling away you know keeping those those technical team um uh, very much uh, motivated to to get to the root of the problem. Yeah, I love that comparison. And obviously, uh, with COVID and everything that went on, well, I'm a celebrity. I'm guessing it got taken to Wales, didn't it? So a little bit closer to home. Um, and I guess it kind of went from porcupines to well, sheep. Basically, <laughs> I guess we well, was quite was quite fortunate. There were no sheep. Um, we. <laughs> We did have an early incident, which we we put down to probably a badger. Uh, again, oh, okay. um, one one of the cable runs happened to uh, pass look, look like a, a run uh, through the golf course from from the the badgers. So obviously they they got caught up and, and chewed through a cable, but that that was again um, redundancy, resilience, spares. Can never emphasise enough on a on a project. Um, you ensure you have that and in fact on on the wales um project last year uh, we i always take a, a a smaller um mixer along um just as a again going back to being in australia for many years and in a remote location if if you're if your transmission mixer fails then you have no backup and so we always take a along a, a, a smaller not not really a, a lot less a lot, lot less complicated mixer uh, and it actually came into its own last year in in wales when uh, our, our mixer failed a couple of hours before going on air and we we managed to um get a show to air which you know obviously 
outside of the the production nobody would have even realized it we was running on a, a much smaller less complicated system which uh is a, is a dr system disaster recovery system but it, it it done its job so yeah it's nice here with all your kind of experience um and know-how that you still place a lot of importance in that kind of those backups basically um it's good to hear that yes yeah the, the, as i say i always emphasize um i've always grown up with the, the old school if you like of of backups and redundancies and spares but you you have to you have to ensure um you, you do have that resilience uh, especially in the live environment if you don't have that then that's uh, that's a lot of a lot of non-air time yeah exactly um and yeah just moving alongside that then it's quite a tough question but has there been a kind of particular highlight project that you've worked on or, or projects that you've worked on in your career <laughs> That is always the most difficult question people always ask you, you know, amongst the, the highlight project or, you know, the, the highlight person you've met or, or, or whatever. And just, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't like singling out, I like making people singling out favourites and stuff like that either. That's why I always say, you know, if there's a, a certain amount of projects, like a, a multiple projects. Well, it, it every project, there, there is a obviously a, a self-sense of satisfaction Um you know, once that project has been delivered, um, every production, every project, uh, the, the satisfaction in seeing a delivery, um, the successful delivery, uh, and and the satisfaction of of, of seeing the teams that have, have worked tirelessly to, to put those projects together. You know, it's, it's always for me. It's always about the, the teams and, and working with the teams, and um, I yeah, I love working with with the different teams and and working to to different workflows. Uh, yeah, I, I think if if I had to name one, um, it it would be the probably the Super Saturday in the London Olympics in 2012. Um, uh, I was actually working for a larger uh, company back then, um, and had uh, I was the obviously technical director of the company, and we had quite a few project managers looking after uh, several broadcasters within the uh, IBC, the International Broadcast Centre. Um, I'd, I'd been over to check up on those project managers, have my new, normal daily meetings and work through making sure there was no, no issues with the clients. Uh, a couple of them finished their shift and we we headed over to um, the media seats as everybody complained about during the London 2012. We, <laughs> we, we had those passes to get into those seats and we, we was quite lucky to see the, the girls win a gold in the Velodrome yeah. and then head into the stadium to see the, the Jessica Ennis, uh, Greg Rutherford and, and Mo Farah golds. So of the six... Um, Four, four of the six golds on that Super Saturday, we managed to be in the right place at the right that's time. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> it was. So that that's always a, a memory, I think. But that that's as I said that that was having the access as opposed to the the projects the, themselves, which again were very big, very cumbersome projects, but very satisfying delivering them at the end. Does every project produce kind of new challenges for you? Uh, you know, does technical management in broadcasting and, and management of productions? Does that aspect ever get easier for you? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, li- I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd like to say uh, it, it does get easier um, in time. Obviously, experience um, you, does does bring certain challenges or make make certain challenges easier. Um, obviously, with experience comes age, and with age comes um, um, less 
less training in the newer systems so you always have yes, to keep yourself yeah. refreshed i'm you know i'm always learning and always willing to learn um because thing, things are always especially nowadays moving at such a fast pace that you have to keep yes, keep your finger on the pulse um a, a lot of people do say in theory you could you know, it'd be a copy and paste process for each production for example i've, I've worked um worked with the ITV team uh, for many years and I'm a celebrity and you would think that would be, yes, just a copy and paste. Obviously as the, um, as the editorial changes, as the formats change slightly, that does encompass changes in, in uh, certain technical elements. Um, so you do, you do have to kind of change with, with the, the brief, if you like, of the format of the editorial, but I thought pretty much I'd seen most of those challenges. And to, uh, yeah, around the globe, and then uh, including sort of visiting um, certain countries, you know, certain with, with less established um, setups, uh, and then obviously COVID struck, and that made a completely new, you know, completely new workflow for everybody involved in in our industry. Um, you know, more process when you are on site, down to designing where people sit to ensure social distancing, screens. Um, you know everything from you know, talkback systems and and you know headsets and button pushing and everything that has to be sanitized. Um, you, you have to you have to sort of work work through plans with, with all that. There's, there's certain certain productions now where they they'll have a, a sort of a, a day and a, a night shift sanitize that control room so you go from one control room to two control rooms and um, just because obviously they'll go to commercial break and then they'll throw to the next control room so you cannot yeah you, know, you, you cannot. And 20 minutes cleaning honestly so yeah some of those things you don't think about yeah and it's it's that having to clean everything make sure everything's clean for the next people and social distance in your own productions absolutely and in, in a live environment that then involves obviously um switching from one uh one production gallery if you like to to a second one um so that's all you're switching back down the lines to transmission as well and ensuring that both both circuits are lined up prior to to, to the switching um so yeah you know it's um covid has brought it's, it's fair amount of challenges but then you know if if life was boring and um you know you'd be looking for another challenge <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah I, I think yeah that's that rings true to be fair and i think this like you were saying this year really has posed its own new challenges so roy just to move on to your company nutri media for anyone who might not already know what you guys are all about could you just tell us a bit more about it um yeah yeah so basically nutri media we created last year uh sort of well during during lockdown um there, there were a lot of a lot of, sort of smaller um projects uh, shoots going on uh, where where people was trying to get content or were trying to get content to um obviously to air uh, everything from uh, f- uh, fillers um you know small interviews um uh, just links shooting links for for certain major shows um and and everyone was looking for different solutions it, it did catch the whole industry um on the hop even though we'd all been talking remote production for many years nobody was really that geared up for everybody to go to remote and nobody was geared up for everybody to do it from home exactly. <laughs> remote didn't necessarily mean from home yeah. um so we we created nutri media um there was there was lots of lots of requests coming in quite quickly and there was a, a a few of us trying to sort of funnel this 
this workflows or these different workflows and that there was no kind of one-stop shop normally um as, as a technical manager i'll work in in hand with with the as a consultant with the production company and we'll work with certain facilities providers to to get the facilities we need um it, we was we were struggling to be able to get that quickly turned around and a lot of there was a lot of time constraints as well a lot of the productions that were coming in were obviously wanting to turn things around quite quickly because there was no no idea how long lockdown would last and a lot of the content was very topical to now and everyone was fast running out of content so we we, we started up nuttree um we started up with the the sort of phone mobile phone solution records um which sounds quite simple um and it was quite simple to start with but it it it, it kind of grew um you know obviously it, it, they wanted they wanted talent at home to be able to um record and um up, upload videos um it, it's amazing how many people maybe aren't that technical so yes yeah we, we worked on a, a lot of this happened <laughs> exactly so yeah. we, we we worked on a, a sort of a um a remote uh, software solution where we we had our, our uh, technicians our engineers at home um dialed into those particular mobile phones they could control the control the settings of, of the the camera setup um they they could um obviously then set it up to to upload um automatically as well so we had uh we'd set up target um drives in in cloud folders um, and then the edit could see that appear and they could yeah. take it as, as soon as it, it had uploaded they could start taking that that content and editing it so it was oh, it was a, it was a quick quick sort of turnaround obviously um people then do start looking at the phones can shoot 4k and they can do this and can do that you do start becoming limited with with bandwidth from people's homes um we we obviously did run everything at that time it was more 4g than 5g um so we did did run everything uh, 4G backup as well, but obviously, if you're trying to upload uh, several hours of, of video on a, a 4G connection from a mobile phone, it's uh, going to run into a few issues. It's not going to be yeah. quick turnaround. So yeah. we shot with uh, ITV Drama a couple of um, 15 minute uh, drama series of um, isolation stories and unsaid stories. Um, it was very much uh, social distancing um lockdown conditions um everything obviously turned up on their doorstep sanitized uh, a quick quick sort of workshop with the um the cast members families who then um used used the facilities we provided to to shoot the productions with the um the entire drama team on zoom or zoom type platforms uh, working together with obviously a, a, a remote intercom system as well so they could go off screen the Zoom become the floor, basically. The you know, the director and everybody else was was on the floor. Um, whoever didn't need to talk to the the talent would then obviously mute themselves, but everybody could see, hear, know what was going on. And with the cameras, we we could share them within the Zoom as well, so they could obviously see um, see the whole the whole process being filmed as well. So um, it it was a uh, it was quite a um, convoluted process to get going but once we got it going it was it was quite successful and there, there are some really good um uh videos out there actually of um obviously of, of isolation stories as, as a behind the scenes as well um on on the hub which uh i do actually feature in so uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh, what an incredibly kind of unique production that was and, and one that obviously uh, 
you know, no one would ever think about that kind of happening before COVID. And, and you know, I, I've got a lot of respect for that production. I think it's, it's brilliant how that was all managed and done, like you said, through family members essentially taking on the role as, as the crew and, you know, uh, managing all that from there. And obviously the, the, down to the support that you guys gave them as well. Um, and I, I think that was brilliant. Absolutely. And then uh, another production we did work on, um, a couple got married at home um and uh they they actually uh they, they got married at home um we had a a host um in another venue and uh, who uh, officiated uh, and then the whole family all came in via um platforms as as well uh this this program aired on channel four in may and um Again, it was uh, it was a collaboration of a few companies there. So we brought in a company that provided us with five G um, connectivity in in the house because they had hardly hardly any internet, and uh, obviously there, there was no satellite trucks or anything like that. That that was a small OB that was um, during lockdown. A small OB with four uh, transit sized vans um, with obviously a person in each, and and that was the entire crew. So again, no production on site. Everything was remotely managed across uh, different um, uh, conference platforms, um, and then with with that, we actually we had another company in Manchester that that brought in those those conference platforms, so we could um, display a large screen of an entire wedding congregation, um, and then they they streamed another couple of feeds. So I think I think we had four incoming feeds on that one, all across five G. Yeah. Um, which we could then uh, cut to obviously the screen, so we could have um, full screen of, of say the the, the bride's um, mother and father, yes, and yeah. delivering a message live and everything else. And then obviously we streamed it back out on the five G to the the entire wedding congregation, plus obviously the whole editorial team that were all sat at home monitoring and and feeding back and giving their notes on, on what needed to be done. So um, uh, and and within that. Where we obviously also supplied a lot of the the self shooting kits in the build up, so the story of the build up to the wedding. Um, we had kits, mobile phone kits, going everywhere, and uh, again a, a cloud based platform that, as they finished their little messages, it hit the cloud and it, they pulled it straight into the show. So um, yeah, lots of collaboration and uh, lots of different different yeah. projects. I mean, again, another production that I just could not have foreseen before all this COVID stuff kind of hit. That's uh, it's, it sounds brilliant though it really does um and then Roy this is a question we ask at the end of every podcast um and we usually try and ask guests to kind of keep it to one word if possible um but what do you envision for the future of the broadcasting industry um can I use two words ooh that would be a first <laughs> for this podcast uh you, yeah go ahead and we'll see if we can kind of get it into one word but we we do ask guests to kind of expand on it afterwards so so yeah it right should be fine. uh well it, it's it's two ways remote production i'll allow it right? i'll allow it <laughs> that's fine um yeah i mean remote production obviously it, it has been pushed to the forefront with with the whole um the whole process of of, of covid and and where we've all been over the uh, the last uh year um obviously we've we've not been able to travel abroad and you you look at it every single show nowadays uh, you know all the whether it's um whether it's the prime minister whether it's an mp you know whether it's a, a guest on a chat show most people are all sat in 
possibly their pajamas on their sofa, you know, being, being interviewed with their headsets or, or whatever, uh, hoping that no one's going to burst through the door behind them. So, <laughs> um, that anxiety. <laughs> um, obviously, that that uh, as I, as I expanded on before, um, that that came out of not being, I think, as prepared as as we all thought we was for something like this to happen. Um, you know, obviously, as time goes by uh, and as more manufacturers. Uh, invest heavily in, in the remote production side um obviously it will become a a, a lot more a broadcast styly um setup in future I, I think we will see um more of a lean towards smaller productions perhaps having um uh, part on-site but more off-site facilities you know the, the the supporting crews being able to monitor with srt streams or um you know conference platforms or whatever but i i, I do believe you know maybe the uh, the major um online platforms not necessarily flying um all their execs across to to sort of sit in on a, a format show maybe again um with, with the right connectivity and the, and the right monitoring being able to um make their assessments on the fly as as they're cutting as, as they're sorry as they're filming as they're shooting as, you know people being able to um have more input from from the outset that wouldn't necessarily be on set suddenly you know you you can you can push that along a lot a lot better a lot further so um on saying that there is a a lot of the the kind of uh conference platform fatigue with a little bit uh, and I, I almost feel bad asking you to come on zoom today roy but yeah, i agree <laughs> with that just to uh finish off yeah we we are uh, i think uh still a long way from normal service resuming and i think with certain productions obviously some of the cost savings that can be seen um, of not sending a, a huge team out internationally then i think maybe um maybe the the old old style of production has probably moved on now and you know we, we will find a, a hybrid solution yeah i yeah i completely agree with that and a word i was looking out for was was hybrid i think yeah, we've we've kind of real, almost realised the benefits, and I know a lot of companies were already taking on remote capabilities um, before this, but but like you said, yeah, we've all almost kind of realised the benefits of it, um, and equally, a lot of people do miss that kind of travel aspect and stuff like that as well, don't they? Absolutely. So I think we will have that kind of hybrid meshing together, and I think there is there is that as you said, there's a lot of um, a lot of companies that that sort of taken on the um, the development within remote production and move forward quite quickly and then there's a lot of yes. companies that have kind of resisted um and i think some of that may be due to the you know fancy travel and things yeah. <laughs> who knows yes. but yeah, <laughs> but yeah there, there there has been a lot of resistance uh, in in the past but yeah i think now it, it's highlighted that we, we have to move move forward 100 percent. no i completely agree um, so, Roy, just to finish up on then, are there any kind of exciting projects in the pipeline for you or Nutri Media that you can talk to us about today? Um, unfortunately, I can't. No, <laughs> and anything ongoing, obviously, with with NDA, NDAs and things. Um, yes, but you know, obviously, the the usual um, the usual shows in 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 the sort of the the Roy Callow Nutri Media portfolio are, are still ongoing, still discussion stages, still working through. Um, you know how what where why and when um yeah. <laughs> on, on the, yeah. the development um you know I, I think a lot of people thought 2021 would just sort of roll back in normal um obviously i, I think 21 has probably been 
a little harsher to a certain degree than 20 at least with 20 we was told no and that's it now everybody's trying to find their way around the different yeah. regulations and the varying regulations as you go internationally so um yeah, yeah it's um at the moment we are we are working with quite a few different production companies just trying to work out the um the best way of of delivering um different productions um different commercials in in you know different ways basically so how can people best get in touch with you or, or nutri media if they want to get in touch look us up online you know we are we're, we're, we're all social social media animals nowadays aren't we so um, be, uh, yeah. <laughs> anything anything in the mainstream social media platforms uh we're, we're on them as, as nutri media um and uh yeah uh, we will just keep obviously sharing out sharing our experiences sharing our stories uh, as we go along um if 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 anyone does want to obviously drop us an email then the uh, info at nuttree.media is the best best contact to get us on but otherwise as i say we're, we're on the online platforms and uh, uh we're, we're slowly but surely sharing our um, our experiences and uh and um you know work, working along like everybody else to getting back to normal one day yeah it's, it's good to hear you guys are obviously making the most of the social media platforms as well um as quite a, a useful tool nowadays really isn't it you absolutely have to um i mean uh, broadcast on the whole um you know the first thing you do when when you're working with production companies is yeah the first question you ask is is not how many cameras do you need how many this how many that how many online team are you going to be are we going to be working with because uh, they they are the um the content hungry people oh definitely <laughs> yeah i could kind of relate to that in a sense and it's yeah it's, it's always on a search for content basically absolutely um, and you see it more and more with productions nowadays, don't you? That it's it's all about the clips on the social media. Um, you know, if it's ever get live streamed to social media and stuff like that as well. It, it's all about the engagement. If, if, even if you look at the you know the the, um, the figures uh, on on any television program um, in the UK now, you know they they always wait for the uh, the consolidated with you know with all the their their kind of online platforms yes, and yeah. you know, people watching it through different methods now and. Um, I have I have teenage children myself and and younger children and um, it, given the opportunity of watching it on a a small tablet or watching it on a large screen TV they would still rather sit and watch it on a small tablet or on their mobile phone so you know I I don't understand personally but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I could ever watch a film on my phone to be honest it's it always has to go on the big screen basically absolutely i mean it, so there's a few of us still like, well if, if you look at when, when you used to travel with planes and you know you'd always oh God, you'd always yeah. struggle to see it on that little um well unless obviously you wasn't in in the back of the plane but you'd always struggle to see it, <laughs> see it on the back of the, the seat the headrest and uh and yet you know and, and I'm, I'm sure the the uh the younger generation would complain about those those back of headrest monitors However, they were quite happy to sit and watch it on a, a, a sort of a seven-inch, five-inch screen on their mobile phone. So. Yeah, there's some things I, I don't think we'll understand, Roy, but, you know, we've got to just yeah. get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much, Roy, for taking the time out and coming and speaking to us today. It's, it's very much appreciated, and it was great to hear about some of the projects that you've been doing, some of the projects you've got coming up, um, and just what's going on in, in the kind of more technical aspects of the broadcasting industry pleasure coming along and uh, thank you very much for um, uh, taking the time to talk to me Thanks.